Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is a very exclusive statement. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today, welcome to a new week on this Monday, August 21st, and we're excited to have another day to serve the Lord. And I know that it's hard to believe summer is wrapping up at least uh, as kids are starting to think about going back to school. And it's still hot though, right? Depending on where you live. We're in the Chicago area, so sometimes we get really hot. Sometimes it's it's pleasant in the summer. Uh, but we get all the seasons here. I mean, we get them all. We've got below zero. Uh, we have some tornadoes. We have all sorts of fun stuff. But anywhere you live, there's always going to be issues, right? There's always going to be something that we wish wasn't. Uh, but I tell you what, what we're going to talk about today is is so amazing, so awesome. And we're going to be featuring a series of messages that I did at our church, Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, where we're focusing on bringing new people, bringing visitors to church that day. We call it Celebration Sunday. And on these days, my message is really geared toward an evangelistic style message. And the reason is because as we do water baptisms that day, we want all the guests or baby dedications, all the visitors, all the family that are there to hear the gospel in a, in a powerful way. Today, I don't think it can get any more powerful because I'm going to be in John chapter 3 and going into the story of Jesus and Nicodemus and Jesus mentions a serpent uh, that Moses lifted up. So we're going to be diving into Numbers chapter 21 and going into that story today and tomorrow. And we really want to understand how is it that someone can gain eternal life? That's the big question. That's the big fear everyone has. What happens when I die? Well, this message and a number of the messages in the next few weeks will really focus on this. Now, if you've received Jesus Christ already by faith and you're saved, I hope that you rejoice as you hear it again. And I hope that you will make sure that your presentation of the gospel to other people is very clear, that we don't add anything, that we don't take anything away. And maybe that's something that this series will help you uh, refine your presentation of the gospel. I also hope that if you already are saved and you're hearing these evangelistic type messages in the next few weeks, that you are excited again and again and again for what God has done for you. Don't ever, ever be bored with the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. Every time we hear it, our hearts should jump to, to remember what God's done for us. And so uh, I hope that that'll be a blessing to you. And then also be in prayer for those that are listening that haven't put their trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe they're still counting on their works, their religion, their priest, their pastor, their parents to save them when there's only one way of salvation, and that is through Jesus, the one that would be lifted up on a cross. So as we go through John 3 today, I hope that you can rejoice in your salvation, or if you're unsaved, that you can find the way of salvation today. Right before we get into this series, and my message title today is The Only Hope for Snake Bite Victims. And let me just say this, I don't like snakes. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's my perspective on this. And we live in the Midwest where we don't really have poisonous steaks, but I can only imagine to live in a warmer climate where you have to worry about dying from a snake bite. That would make it really horrible. Uh, but we're going to, again, be focusing on the fact that we're all bitten. We've all <laughs> had this uh, this venom of sin coursing through our veins, and we're all going to die and be separated from God. But there's hope, okay? So as we go through these, just remember that hope. Before we go into the series and into this message, let me remind you that Christians can continue to have their life impact for Christ, for eternity, even after their home with the Lord. You say, how? Well, the way that I've done it, my wife and I, Karen, we went to a Christian attorney and we planned out our legacy. We call it legacy planning. So it's making sure that you have a, um, a will or a trust. Make sure you have a healthcare power of attorney so that your wishes are not decided by someone that doesn't know your values. Uh, that your your children are protected, uh, that your assets are protected, that, it, that, that they can go more to your heirs and to the Lord than to the government. The, these are things that you need to think about. What we have on our website are short videos from a Christian attorney. Him and I sit down. His name is Brad Davis. And we discuss these, these issues. And what are these documents? What are these things? What's probate? What's, you know, we go through all of this and we answer these questions. It's free and it'll just give you ideas on what you really need to go and, and take care of in your own life. And uh, they're on our website, ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com, and then click on legacy. Man's opinion has a great flaw in it. And that is, it's man's opinion. So we believe this book is from God, and we have a lot of reasons to believe that. We're not just blindly following the Bible. We find all sorts of prophetic proof. The Bible has fulfilled prophecy. The Bible is accurate historically and scientifically, and everything about it, we've never been able to prove an error from this book. So we have valid reasons to believe it, and, uh, but we do believe it is from God, and we believe it does give you the answer not only for your marriage, your kids, your relationships, your job, you know, any situation in your life, you can find the answer here. The problem is most people don't read the book. Most people don't know about it, but we do. We open it up and we study it and we preach about it. And that's how this church is a little different than a lot of churches these days. Turn over to John chapter three is a really interesting story of an interaction between a religious man and Jesus. The religious man was a man of the Pharisees, verse one, named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. In other words, he was part of the ruling body in Israel, the Sanhedrin. And he was a Pharisee, one of the sects within Judaism, uh, very strict and orthodox and uh, well-learned. He was a, a high-level official within Israel. The same came to Jesus by night. The question has been asked, why did he come at night? I suppose that he came at night because he wasn't exactly wanting a lot of people to see him coming to Jesus. And sometimes there's a lot of reasons that people are hesitant to come to Jesus. Uh, they might not want other people to know, or maybe their family would uh, disown them and they would lose their job or whatever it is. And that's actually very true in many parts of the world. That will happen to you if you even examine the life and words of Jesus Christ. 
And so Nicodemus came by night. We don't know exactly why, but that would be my guess is because he was worried about what other people would think. And Nicodemus came and said unto him, Rabbi, that word is teacher. It's kind of like we would say someone is a doctor of theology or something like that. It's a very high level of respect. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. By the way, Jesus is more than just a teacher. He is a teacher. He is a very learned man. He's actually so learned that he has every answer. You can ask me about 100 questions. If I've studied that or recently heard about it, I might give you some of the answers, but I'm probably going to get most of those wrong. If you ask Jesus a million questions from every field, from every perspective, he would always answer perfectly. This isn't just an ordinary teacher. He is literally God in the flesh. So he identifies him as a teacher. And if you're identifying Jesus as only a teacher, you're missing something. Okay, as you'll see today. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus was a great miracle worker. By the way, that's how we know. One of the reasons we know that he is the son of God. Another reason is because he rose again from the dead. That is the greatest miracle in all the world. Jesus rose again. If he did, he is the son of God. He died for your sins. He rose the third day. If he didn't arise, then we're all deluded. We're all stupid for being here. We should be out doing other things, having a party, just living it up, having a great life because this is all there is. We might as well have fun, right? Well, we believe there is much more than just this life. There is eternity. No man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered, verse 3, and said unto him, Verily, verily, in the King James, this is the version that we use here at Quentin Road. Uh, it's a little harder to understand the King James sometimes because it's older English, but I think it's a beautiful form of English. A lot of people still love Shakespeare and all of the old English forms and literature, and I believe the Bible kind of uh, helps us uh, to not get too slang, you know? Uh, people will say, that's sick. I'm like, oh yeah, that's sick, meaning it's really bad. No, 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 sick is really good. No, I don't remember sick being good. I remember sick being terrible. I don't want to be sick, but no, that's sick. That's good. And so we have all these words that change and stuff, but we kind of stick with this, and it's not just because of the beauty of the language, but there's uh, underlying textual issues we don't have time to get into today. And if you don't have a King James, no big deal. No one will judge you. It's not a big deal. I'd rather you have a Bible, okay? But we love the King James. We believe it's the best English version. By the way, it still outsells all the modern versions. Isn't that amazing? This book still outsells all the modern versions. But anyways, that's not the point of this sermon. Verily, verily means of a truth. Or if you want to kind of translate it into more modern English, it would be truthfully, truthfully. Whenever Jesus says verily, verily, and he says it here in the next verse, the words he's about to say after that are very important words. All the words of Jesus are very important. But if he says, of a truth, of a truth, verily, verily, truthfully, truthfully, we better pay very close attention to what he's about to say next. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is a very exclusive statement. The word except excludes everything else. All other claims of deity, all other world religions. Jesus said, except 
That's a statement of exclusivity. Jesus said later, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, a truth, and the life. We live in a day when everyone says, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth. It's like you saying, my wife is the prettiest woman in the world, and another man saying, no, my wife's the prettiest woman in the world. That's our truth, and it's right for both of us. That's a little different than saying, there's only one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus. That is the truth, okay? And you say, well, you're just narrow-minded and, and all of that. Well, again, we just follow the Bible. Jesus said, except a man. By the way, does that exclude women from going to heaven? No, praise God. God created all equal. He created man and women. We're different in, in ways, obviously. There's wonderful differences, and God made men and women to complement each other. Uh, but there's no difference in value to God. So this doesn't mean just men. It means humankind, okay? So except humankind or every person, boy, girl, man, woman, except humankind, every person, be born again. Now let me talk about birth. Birth in my life, witnessing the birth of my children was one of the most amazing and miraculous things. It was incredible to see a human born and the miracle of birth and how amazing that this little baby is now born into the world. That amazement wore off once they became teenagers, but I tell you what, the first few days were just amazing. I mean, seriously, tears would come to my eyes and I just, I couldn't believe the miracle of birth. But that pales in comparison to this born again. Born again. Born is great. It's a miracle, but it pales in comparison to this second birth. So Jesus is telling Nicodemus to get to heaven, you must be, you have to be born again. He cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive Ingrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. Verse 4, Nicodemus has a question. This Born again. Born again. What is this born again? Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? And we don't know how to exactly take this question. Was he just kind of being rhetorical? Was he being humorous? Was he asking a legitimate question? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, and by the way, sometimes our questions are uh, rhetorical. Sometimes our questions are uh, sarcastic. Sometimes our questions are legitimate. But I believe God is going to answer every question you have. I really do. 
I don't think God is worried about a question or a spotlight, an issue or something that he says. God doesn't worry about what he said not holding up. When you put a spotlight on truth, you know what you see? You see truth. And we need to find truth. And there is truth. Jesus answered, verily, verily, that's those words again, I say unto thee, except, there's that word again, a man or humankind be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we have, again, two births. He said you must be born again. How are we born the first time? Well, you're born of water. You're born from the embryonic fluid of the mother's womb, and I believe that's exactly what this is referring to. We're born of water. We're born the first time. We're born physically into this world. What do you think little kids think of? They were also comfortable in the womb, and, and uh, you know everything was peaceful, and, and they had everything they needed, and all of a sudden, Bam, they burst into the world and there's lights and there's doctors and there's sounds and there's people poking and sticking them and all of these things. I wish I could think back to that moment. I'm glad we can't remember some of those things. Wow, what just happened to me? I had it so good. And now I'm thrust into this world of crazy people. They're called my parents. Born of water and of the spirit. The spirit birth is the second birth. A spiritual birth. The first birth is a being born of a woman. The second birth is being born of God. So unless you have these two births, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Somebody put it this way. If you only have one birth, you are going to face two deaths. The Bible talks about death, physical. We all know about that. So far, no one has escaped death. No matter how good we've gotten with medicine and how good we'll get with science, everyone will face the first death, and that's a physical death. That's just a separation from this earthly body that is kind of your shell. It's, it's kind of your tent. It's not really you. This body isn't really you. The real you is your soul and spirit. That is something that is eternal. God has said you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. You have to have a second birth to avoid the second death. What is the second death? Well, the Bible describes it as the great white throne judgment. Those that do not know, those that have not put their faith in Jesus as their Savior, will be cast into an eternal lake of fire. Not a popular sermon. Not many sermons you're going to see on TV will talk about hell, but the Bible is very clear about hell. Jesus describes it in detail. He talks more about hell than heaven. There is a destination called hell. What do you have to do to go to hell? If somebody were to come to me and say, Pastor Scudder, what must I do to go to hell? I'll tell you this. Absolutely nothing. Folks, we all have been condemned. We all are in the same position You need a second birth to avoid the second death. How can I be born again? Well, to explain this spiritual rebirth, and it's interesting how God often has something concrete, a real life example that will help us understand spiritual things. Isn't that how gracious God is? Uh, He didn't have to do this, but he created an example in the Old Testament that will help us. And Jesus said in John 3, 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what in the world is that? Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the son of man be lifted up. 
Without even realizing it, this spiritual man, this learned man, this high-positioned man, Nicodemus, had been bitten by a venomous serpent. He literally had poison coursing through his veins, and he was surely going to die and have a second death. He didn't realize how bad the situation was, and Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, and when he's telling this to Nicodemus, he's telling this to me and to you, you must be born again. Just like Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man, that's a reference to himself, be lifted up. There was a young man that was hiking in a beautiful valley. It was a green, lush valley. Had beautiful flowers and trees, and it was just gorgeous. And he decides, as he looked up into the mountains, he said, I'm going to go conquer that mountain. And he starts to climb into this tall peak. It had been nice and warm and sunny in the valley. But as he got to the top of the mountain, it got chilly and cold. But as he stood there at the peak of the mountain, he looked around, and he had arrived, and he could see the whole world. But it was cold. And he heard a noise at his feet, and he looked down, and he sees... Coiled up, a poisonous snake. And the boy had learned from his parents that that is poisonous and that's dangerous and you don't touch them. And he backed away and the snake said to the boy, he said, I'm so cold. Would you please put me inside your shirt and carry me down into the valley? The boy said, absolutely not. I've heard about you. I know about you. I'm not going to do it. But this was a very persuasive snake. And the snake convinced the boy, I'm not going to do anything, I promise. So the boy trusted the snake, picked it up, put it inside his shirt, and he hikes down the valley. Well, everything was fine until he got to the floor of the valley, and he starts to pull the snake out and set the snake down, and then the snake bit him. I don't know why you all are so nervous out there. We're just talking about poisonous snakes today. The boy said, you promised you promised not to bite me. And the snake said this. He said, I had to. It was in my nature to bite you. And you know, the Bible says all of us have been bitten by a poisonous snake. It's called sin. Our parents were tricked by a snake, just like the boy was tricked by a snake. We all sit here today, no one accepted, with venom coursing through our veins. And that venom surely will kill us. And if you want to find out what happens in our story of the snake bite, uh, you'll need to tune in tomorrow as we get into the Old Testament passage in Numbers, Numbers 21, where the people were bitten by these poisonous, these fiery serpents in the wilderness. And God had a very unique solution uh, for them that he told Moses to do. And it really is a beautiful picture of what Jesus was going to do for all of us. And so please rejoin us tomorrow on our Tuesday edition of In Grace. And if you have questions about eternal life and you don't want to wait till tomorrow to hear the end of this, please contact us right now. 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. If it's during business hours, there are people that I know well, that I trust, that will talk to you about the scriptures and what the Bible says and about eternal life. And if it's after hours, then go to our website, ingraceradio.com, and there you'll be able to find resources and videos that will explain this to you. Uh, don't forget that In Grace is a listener-supported ministry. And if you could 
consider supporting In Grace, we would be so thankful. We want to reach more people. And when you give to In Grace, all of your gift goes toward ministry. It doesn't go toward to me. Uh, I actually volunteer my time. I want it to go toward broadcast and making programs and making sure people get the gospel. And when you make a gift of any amount, we're going to thank you by sending you a really exciting resource that I, one of my most favorite video series, it's called Discover Hidden Israel 2, where we go and find really neat things about the temple in Jerusalem. We go underneath some brand new things that are open there. And we went to this uh, really amazing worship area in the city of David, where maybe Melchizedek's altar was and David's altar. And then we went and found the ancient city of Michmash. That's actually what we're going to broadcast this Friday. Don't miss this Friday's. And that's where Jonathan and his armor bearer defeated the Philistines in a very unconventional way. And then Dr. Scott Stripling, who's on the rest of these with me, him and I went to ancient Shechem and we found Joseph's tomb and Jacob's well. We'd love to send this to you as our thanks for your gift to Ingrace. If your gift is $35 or more, I'm going to send you Discover Hidden Israel 1, 2, and 3. With a gift of any amount to In Grace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series. And with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive In Grace's entire Israel bundle, including eight video series filmed in Israel. Call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to In Grace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.